Okay, I'm sorry I haven't been uploading episodes. I've been really busy with exams and schools and other things. Just yeah, it, just don't question it. I promise I will I'll release as many episodes as possible in the coming weeks, but it won't be as much as usual. I'll keep you updated on the Teen Politics Podcast Instagram, so make sure you follow that. But otherwise, stay tuned and on to the next episode. If you're a politics enthusiast or you just want to have a blast, this is the Teen Politics Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Teen Politics Podcast, the place where we talk to teenagers and professionals about their opinion on what's going on in the world we live in. I'm your host, Archer. Today, we're talking about something that is being talked about all around the world and something that also affects people all around the world. Today, we are taking an in-depth look at climate change. I'm sure all of us have heard about climate change more than once. It's one of the greatest threats to modern-day humanity. But if you need a little catch-up, here's a quick quote from the Natural Resource Defense Council. Quote, Climate change is a significant variation of average weather conditions. Say, Conditions become warmer, wetter, or drier over several decades or more. It's that longer-term trend that differentiates climate change from natural weather variability. And while climate change and global warming are often used interchangeably, global warming is known to be the recent rise in global average temperature near the Earth's surface, whereas climate change is... A whole, the whole part, and global warming is just a part of climate change. And it's not a joke, it's actually quite serious. Here are some distressing facts about climate change that you probably didn't know, but you should know. 1. The carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere are the highest they've ever been at 416 parts per million. That's incredible. 2. 2019 was the second hottest year of all time, after, of course, 2020, which finished in first. 2020, on average, was 1 degree Celsius hotter than the 20th 20th century average, which, in retrospect, may not seem like a lot, but trust me, it is. Number 3. A whopping 11% of emissions are caused by deforestation. 11% of all global greenhouse gases emissions caused by humans are due to deforestation. It's almost comparable to the emissions from the passenger vehicles on the planet. 4. 800 million people will be directly impacted by the effects of climate change in the next 5 years if not acted upon quickly. This can happen through droughts and floods, sea levels, rises, anything really. And finally, number five, the price tag that the current governments must pay to stop increasing climate change is $140 billion a year. To put that into perspective, that's 0.2% of all global GDP, only 0.2%. And to put it in even deeper perspective, for the United States viewers out there, It's almost a tenth of what the U.S. spent on the Iraq war. That's 
Well, if that's not enough factual information to convince you that climate change really is a huge but solvable problem if acted upon quickly, then I guess I have a special professional that will really nail it through. Dr. Michael Harvey is a New Zealand science educator based in Malaysia. He is a MIE expert, Flipgrid Global Ambassador, Wakelet Ambassador, Apple Teacher, and Level 2 Google Educator. He is also the ISTE Global PLN Event Chair and is involved in both the Tanzanian Root and Shoots SDG Laboratory Schools and the Kakuna Refugee Project. His educational research interests are the use of digital animations to enhance student understanding of complex abstract scientific concepts and linking this to cognitive psychology and utilization of global collaboration to create authentic learning experiences and to improve teacher practice and student outcomes. Whew. Anyways, on to the interview. Okay, so I am here with uh, Dr. Harvey, and um, I'm just going to ask him a few questions about climate change. Um, so, Dr. Harvey, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, hello, I'm uh, Dr. Harvey. I'm a New Zealand uh, science educator based presently in Marlborough College here in Johor, Malaysia. Alright, and um, yeah, obviously you're very well versed in the scientific world. Um, and there's a lot of scientific evidence which points to um, rapidly increasing um, temperatures and um, climate change becoming a real issue. Um, so what would you say is the biggest impact that climate change would have in the next decade or so? I think the, the biggest impact we're seeing already, uh, we've already seen conflict uh, between Tajikistan and Kazakhstan in recent weeks over access to water and I think those issues will uh, lead to further conflict as uh, resources like water become more scarce or at least change uh, their location. Well, do you think there are any natural um, threats that could face humanity as well? Um, other natural threats? Um, I, I guess in terms of being a New Zealander, next door is Australia. Um, so the fire season is increasing in length, it's becoming earlier and earlier uh, each year, which of course puts uh, people's homes, properties and lives in danger uh, with the encroachment of fires on their their homes. Uh, right, and you know obviously as the next generation, this is the Teen Politics Podcast, uh, and as the next generation we'll have a huge, huge um, duty to help this climate crisis. So what do you think people could do to help with this crisis? Um, well, I think you have to enact political change. Um, the idea that making simple, small changes is all well and good, but I believe we've gone beyond that point. Um, we have to basically um, create a, a grand new deal, or a great new deal, as the FDR would have said in the 1930s, um, to try and change the way we actually approach our economy. That the idea of pollution is not an existentiality, um, that it actually is, uh, and then we need to focus on concepts around sustainability uh, and circular economies um, with the donut economic model, um, which I'm a big uh, advocate of, uh, being at the forefront. Do you think deals like the Paris Accord that obviously several nations are signed up for, do you think it's 
strict enough or do you think that uh, it needs to be more involved in how in how much energy how energy resources are put in how fossil fuels are maintained and stuff like that I guess the challenge is that uh, most damage done with climate change has been uh, caused by the first world the United States uh, continental Europe and we are asking third world nations um, like China and uh, Southeast Asian countries like Myanmar and Vietnam uh, to make sacrifices which are not actually of their making um, so that's going to be a very difficult political uh, idea to sell to those populations um, and it's also going to be a very difficult idea to sell that uh, especially those in the West that their way of life has to change uh, and their expectations in terms of consumerism uh, need to be curtailed uh, in some respects. And how do you think is the best way to educate people and uh, get people to change their ways in reducing their carbon footprint and um, wasting less water, etc., etc.? Well, I think we just need to uh, completely change our economic model. Um, I think infrastructure is a big issue. Uh, the US uh, and, again, continental Europe will struggle with this. But uh, leaders at the forefront of this in the African continent and Southeast Asia, uh, like Vietnam, uh, can allow for that change because it basically uh, kind of localizes energy consumption. So an example in Sri Lanka um, would be rather than electricity being directly supplied to a village, the village actually creates its own electricity and any excess is sold to neighboring villages. So I think it's just actually a, a big change in uh, the economic framework that we work with. So uh, a question I have from what you said is how would you expect um, villages, supposedly as you said in Sri Lanka, how would you expect every village to sustain their own energy? Or Because, you know, as we know, in places in Southeast Asia, India, Sri Lanka, South Asia, um, not all of these villages are entirely up to speed with um, climate change and they're not well educated. Uh, in that way. So how would you change that? I think this is the beauty of the model. Um, the model is very much at a local base level and that they will see the economic advantage of producing their own electricity because it also gives them um, electrical freedom um, that they're actually on selling their own electricity they're creating and gives them um, freedom uh, which they don't have uh, presently. They're a kind of the the will of the, the larger government and what electricity and greater infrastructure that local government can provide. So I think it's um, act local and um, think global. Um, but wouldn't you say that if we act local, then all these local communities, they'd, have a, they'd be less in touch with modern day reality, modern day society, as it'll, and you know, it'll be hard for, to get them up to speed. So if we, if supposedly all the villages were to make their own resources and make their own electricity, then um, how do we make us, how, how do we centralize, what, what are we going to centralize? What's the government going to maintain? I think that's an interesting point of decentralization. And I think that's the, the advantage that third world nations um, like Sri Lanka, like India, um, like uh, Vietnam have over the centralized systems. We've seen recently uh, in Texas a complete failure of the centralized systems in energy production. Uh, and actually having smaller localized systems means if one small part fails, others can drop in like a network. Uh, and we've seen that with information uh, with the internet. 
Um, the power of the internet is the fact that it is not centralized, it actually is decentralized. Uh, and we're again seeing that now in Africa, especially around cryptocurrency, where decentralization is leading to more growth and development for that continent. All right, so that's all we have for now. Uh, back to the rest of the episode. As the new generation, we are going to be hit by this climate change crisis the hardest. Meaning that we're going to have big responsibility to stop it. No, you don't need to give up your plastics entirely or burn your parents' diesel car. Speak up to your peers, use social media responsibly, and spread awareness instead. Watch how much one-time plastic you're using, how much water you're wasting, how much meat you're consuming. Bike, use public transport, walk, be more energy efficient, be informed about the situation. I highly suggest going to the NASA website and checking out their climate change stuff. Make your voice heard and do your part. We'll fight this together. Anyways, that's all for me and this episode. I may be gone for a while uh, due to exams, as I said, but I'll be back and better than ever over the summer. So stay tuned and see ya.